I know my Redeemer lives, right? Did they sing? This is their best. Don't you think so? Uh, Or it's me. It's me. Okay. Praise God. Thank you, choir. This is your best. As usual, I prepared my reading this morning for my message. And, uh, you know, Adam stole my reading. And I said, okay, I have a backup one. And then uh, Steve stole it again, and uh, I end up without reading. Mm. He is risen. The answer always was, he's risen indeed. So, we have a living God. We have a living Savior. And that's we're here today. So, without any further delay, uh, let us go into the Word of God. I want to read only one verse from uh, Luke chapter 24. One verse there, verse 6, verse 5, and 6, two verses. As the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, these were the angels, Why do you seek the living among the dead? And there's... One word there I did not read. The living one. The only one who could be alive after going to the depth of death and come out well alive. He's not here. But he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee. What a great God we have. We gather together here with smiles and joy that today is Easter because we believe in Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, that He is alive and He is with us and we experience Him every day of our lives. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the central point and the very essence of Christianity. Paul hinged both his preaching and his faith upon its validity. He considered that Christianity without the resurrection would be empty and meaningless. And he wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 15 what we heard earlier this morning. Resurrection is the bedrock, the foundation for any ministry under the sun. Without it, there would hardly have been good news. Christ's resurrection is the prototype, if you will please, if the prototype for all the believers who will experience resurrection when Christ Returns. Are you looking forward? I say amen to that. And the empty tomb is the continuing presence 
that he is alive and with us until the end of the ages. I had the privilege in my younger days. I just got married in 1960 or 61 after about two years. I uh, told Sylvia I'm going to the I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I was in the airline business. I could get a plane and we left. He said, okay, provided you stay with my aunt. I said, okay, I will do that. So I went there with a brother of mine. And uh, through my contacts with the Christian churches there, uh, they assigned me a Christian driver. And you don't visit. When you are with a Christian driver, you visit the right places and the right scenes. You, you don't go and walk uh, the Via Dolorosa, which I walked, and then people selling you a piece of the cross. You know, they've been selling pieces of the cross since Jesus died. <laughs> and they've been cutting wood since Jesus died. And then uh, the people go there and bring you some water there, a little bottle of water. The Jordan is dried up from that water. But, you know, I didn't go to these places. I went to the real places. One day... The driver, a dear brother, he says, we're going we're gonna to visit today the garden tomb. I said, fine. Okay, it was like 10, 10, 10 a.m., sun was shining, and we went through a narrow door, and he said, look there. I looked. You know, I never remembered that until this week when I was studying. I looked. I said, this is the tomb. I said, wow. Wow. I ran. I was young. I ran. And it had an open door. Like in a rock. And sat on the rock where Jesus was laid. I put my, hand, my, my, my head in my hands and I said, What a feeling. I didn't know what to say except thank God for my salvation. I was recently saved. I thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I am saved because of this. Today, we are going to look and rejoice at the empty tomb. And I want to bring it in a, in a very short message. The message of an empty tomb. What kind of message if you look at the empty tomb? Let's go together and come with me and sit there. My emotions were very high that day. And I didn't want to see anything else, though we went and saw many things. But that, that moment was different. I sat and I thank God, number one, for his salvation. And the message I want to give you, the first word, is salvation, because of the empty tomb, salvation is complete. I thought of this. I said, I, this, is, this is it. The plan of salvation that God had in mind for his creation was unfolded by the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he lived a short life. 33 years here. And then the end came. 
his crucifixion. What people thought it was the end, it was the beginning of our life as Christians. And he hanged on that cross. And I can't, I can't fathom what he went through for you and for me. When he looked at man, since Adam, he was breaking every law that was given to him. Every rule. Man denied God who created him and lived a life of his own. Until he got bankrupt. Dead end. And then God sent the Lord Jesus Christ. And the message from heaven and from the empty tomb today. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish. This is the message today. If you have been saved. You should rejoice. That we have a living Savior. He lives. He lives, we sang, salvation to impart. You ask me why? I know He lives. Because He lives in my heart. Do you have Jesus in your heart? Have you experienced Jesus as Savior? You're sitting at the bench and you're enjoying it. And you say, well, that's so far, Ed is doing well. I hope so. I hope so. But don't remind me of anything else today. Today I'm happy at church. Give me some beautiful things and let's be happy all together. And by 12.30, let's go out and celebrate. Well, Christianity is not happy thoughts. Christianity is not enjoying Easter Day and tomorrow we face tomorrow, right? We face jobs, we face problems, we face things we have postponed from this week to next week. We leave it till after Easter. And today, we have to think, and think seriously, that empty tomb, Jesus Christ came and died and was buried because of your sin. And I say it lovingly, because of my sin, when I sat there, I remembered how tortured I was. And I'm I'm almost on the verge of crying, how tortured I was without Jesus. But thank you, Lord, I'm sitting in your tomb. What an honor. Not very many people go there. What an honor. And you have saved me. You broke my chains. And you gave me a new life. Life eternal. Because you died and rose from the dead. And I shall live eternally with you. Isn't that something? Today is not the day for happy thoughts only. Today is a day for a happy life. Happy thoughts go and come. We smile, we enjoy, we hear, a, we hear a story, we rejoice, then we hear another story, then we get, we get sad. And we just, it's cyclical. We change. But when Jesus Christ is living in your heart, nothing can take away that joy forever and ever. When he said it is finished. I know everybody knows it. He said it's finished. That means the work he came to do. And that is because we all have went astray. 
we all went astray and lived our own life and did not think of God and committed sin. We are a bunch of sinners. I'm the first one, a bunch of sinners. And we know very well, and if you don't know, the wages of sin is, but the eternal free gift of God is eternal life. You don't have to worry about anything when Jesus is your Savior. And today, humbly, I present to you an empty tomb because Jesus died for you and rose to heal you, save you from sin, and give you eternal life. Would you take him? Would you accept him as your Savior? And those who have him as Savior, it's time for you to enjoy it well. And not happy thoughts. Have a great day and a happy life. Amen? Nothing else could have saved man, nor give him relief from the burden of sin, except Jesus. Jesus Christ was and is, and this is, please listen to me, he was and is the only remedy for every problem human, humans face. What is your problem today? You came to church to rejoice because, well, everybody goes to church on Easter Day. Everybody, right? Almost. And they go on uh, Good Friday. And you should, see, you should see on Good Fridays when I used to work at the company I used to work, the people who never went to church, they came to me, okay, and said, Adol, I need to take off this afternoon because it's Friday, I'm going to church. And you can't say anything except, okay, you want to go to church? Oh, go to church, all right. And here comes, they go to, do, you th- do you think they go to church? It's half a day. Come on. Okay. This is not Christianity. Christianity is taking Jesus as a Savior and honor him not on Good Friday, every day of the year. That's why we have an empty tomb. The message from an empty tomb is your salvation, young man, young woman. Your salvation has been complete. It was finished. Jesus paid for it, took your sins and took mine, took them to the grave, buried them there and rose victorious, never to think about them again. How would you like that? And to give you a good life. And your life will have a meaning when you take Jesus as your Savior. And you have someone who is alive walking with you day by day. And you know, when I was studying this, I remembered that we, most of us, go and visit the graves of our loved ones, visit the tombs, take flowers and put it there. You know, we never hear in the Bible, if you study it from cover to cover, that one of the disciples or these women who were around him took flowers and went and put it on his grave. In fact, when I, put, when I visited his grave, there were no flowers. There, it was a garden, but there were no flowers. No one visited him because he's not there. Why the flowers? He's not there. Where is he? He's in Galilee. Whoa, where is he there? And they went to Galilee. And he, sees, he, tell, he told them, I'll meet you. And he, you know, the meeting place was always 
at the Tiberias. There was a good lake there, and he, they had a wonderful breakfast with him. You remember, we spoke about that. They had breakfast with him. They ate with him. Jesus is alive. Forget the flowers. Forget the tomb. We have a God who is with us and in us, and he's going to take care of you and me until the last trumpet sounds. Now, having such a wonderful Savior, please think of it. If you don't know him as Savior today, before you leave, say, Lord Jesus, I give you my sins. I give you my burdens. I give you my life. Take me. Change me. And make me a new person. And you know what he will do? He will wash you with his blood and change you and will make you a new person. He said, I have come to give them life. He didn't come to cut our heads. He didn't come to judge us. I have come to give them life and give it more abundantly. What's the abundant life? Eternal life. And we heard, we heard Dean reading, because I live. Who said that? Come, who said because I live? Jesus, because I live. Do we know him as a liar? Never. Whatever he says, he accomplishes. Because I live, you shall live also. Okay. Okay. One thing. How long is he going to live? And how long you're going to live, Christian? Hallelujah. What a savior. You answered it. We can close the meeting. Peter was energized at the very beginning after Jesus left. He addressed those people around him, unbelievers. He said, there is no salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Don't look elsewhere. Don't look at books. Don't look at friends. Don't look at anyone that can relieve you from your burdens and sins. Lift your head and look at the cross of Jesus. And look in your imagination at the empty tomb. And listen, it is finished. I've done it for you. Take him as Savior and tell him, Lord, I want to be yours from now on. And you will be a new person. Amen. Second word, and we'll go home. The second one, we said salvation is complete. You don't have to do anything at all. Second, death is defeated. Death is defeated. Death is enemy number one. Did you ever think someone says, oh, I am waiting for death? Did you? Tell me. You're waiting to go to Disneyland with a big smile. But you're waiting for death to come. You will run away 20 million miles if you can. I have not heard of such a person. Death is horrible. And strikes. Without notice. Death is inescapable. Because, you know, the Bible says... It is appointed 
Well, Adol, is this a funeral you're preaching? No, I'm preaching Jesus Christ, who defeated death. It is appointed for you and for me, for man to die once. Afterward, what? You don't want to pronounce it. The judgment, death. You will meet your Savior. I read this story. It affected me. And I want to tell you about this story today. A wealthy man, this is in the early days, the first century, of a wealthy man who sent his servant to the marketplace in Baghdad. After a brief time, the servant returned as white as a ghost. Well, said the master, what's wrong with you? The servant replied, oh, sir, oh, sir. I was down in the marketplace. I felt something strange behind me. I turned and I saw death and he ushered for me to come to him. Master, master, let me have your swiftest horse that I might ride it to go to Samaria and escape death. The master gave him his permission. And the servant rode as fast as he could to escape the icy fingers of death. Later in the day, the master himself went down to the marketplace. There he too saw death. Death, said he, why did you frighten my servant by calling him to come to you? Death replied, sir, my gesture was not one of asking, rather it was one of surprise. I was surprised to see your servant in Baghdad, for I have an appointment with him tonight in Samaria. Where did he take his horse and go? To Samaria. Death is inescapable. But death after Jesus rose from the dead, death is defeated. He's no more going to defeat you. No person, past, present, or future, could defeat death but one person only, and his name is Jesus Christ. All the gods of the world have tombs. Right? And people visit their tombs. And people put flowers, as we said. But the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ is an empty tomb for the tourists to go look at it. And we don't need to, because we don't visit tombs. We are visiting every day with our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have that fellowship? Death. But in the same way that the cure of a poisonous snake bite, snake bite, those snakes that are way, that bite you and then after half an hour you're dead with their venom. Man's cure for death, which is a venom 
was the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection to live forever. He is the victor. And he is, as we read this morning, life in a tomb. They put him in a tomb, but how can you contain life eternal in a tomb? Tomb could not contain it. Even if they put the biggest stone over it with one finger like this, he removed it from the inside. He is the one who said, I'm going to die. I'm going to end the earth three, three days and I'm going to be raised. Did he do that? Did he do that? Amen, he did. He did. Can any man do that? Say, I'm going to die. Bye-bye, family. I'm not going to see you. I'm going to go to death and go come back after three days. Did you ever, did you ever hear of someone like that? It's only, it's only Jesus Christ and no one else. Death is defeated. I looked at that tomb. And look with me in your imagination. There is no one. Death lost its prey there. Death thought I was victorious. Yeah, we gave him three days. And he is defeated forever and ever. He is under your feet, Christian. Satan is under your feet. And when the time comes... And the Lord allows us to go and move to the other side. That's all. He will use death as a servant. He is no more the master. He is no more the boss. He's been dethroned. And he's chained forever and ever. And the Christian will look forward and say, it's like sleeping. Good night here. Good morning up there. And there's one thing the angel said to the women there. He said, go tell. How can we be silent with such a message? Death is defeated. (coughs) Jesus gave us, excuse me, Jesus gave us life and life eternal. Go And preach and teach. Go tell. They went and told. They did not believe them at first. But later on, the world believed them. And the the disciples started telling the whole world. Telling everywhere they went. They preached. Thank you. The gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The good news. When someone is alive, it's good news. Good news, our Jesus is alive. My question, is he alive in your heart? Is he alive in your house? Is he alive? When you walk, do you know, do you think that Jesus is walking with you? Do you have him as a friend on a daily basis? Do you have him as a savior? Do you have him in your household? Are you sure that You are walking with Jesus. And this is the opportunity that you have on Easter day. To know 
that Jesus is available. He came not to judge you. He came to die for you and give you eternal life. He came to show you how much he loves you and how much he wants you to defeat death. And when you hear about death, says, yes, my day is coming. I don't know when. Tomorrow we might not be here. Those who, when Jesus comes, those who are alive, the Bible says, they shall meet him in the air. And those who are asleep, they will be wakened up. And they will wake up like we wake up in the morning and be with him forever and ever. Do you have that assurance? If you're called today, as people say, knock, knock, number came. Death is going to Samaria where you are hiding, okay, in a big hole down in the middle. He says, come on up here. Would you say, hey, I'm ready. I know. I will wake up to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you'll smile. You know. Whosoever the call believes on him has eternal life. Go tell. And that's what we're telling today. The beautiful story. That Jesus is alive. The tomb. Is. Empty. The message is. Your salvation. Has been complete. Accept him. Death. Has been defeated. Grab. Grab that. Beautiful reality. And take him as savior. And two words I want to leave with you. It's not only that. He promised, I'll be back. It's not a movie that they make, I'll be back, you know. <laughs> What's his name? Again, whatever. We have a new hope. He's coming back. You were sitting on the chair, comfort chair. Do you look for his coming back? Or if you're afraid, no, no, not now. Let me clean house first. Let me do a few things. Or you might not live. We don't know. You don't know. He'll be back. I said, how do you know? Well, for the sake of time, two things. Heaven told us he's coming back. Heaven sent two emissaries. When he was taken out. If you have your iPhones, when you say iPhones now, Bibles, okay. In Acts chapter 1, let me read it to you, verse 9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up when Jesus left. While they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing, behold, two men. In white clothing stood beside them. Who were these two men? The two angels. Do you know that? These supposedly were the two angels who were at the tomb. And they know. They know heaven. They know the, this, this is the message they told them. This is the message. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven 
will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Who is speaking here? The message from heaven. You have a message from heaven. Jesus is going to come again. He is going to come. He is going to come and take you to live with him. When you open your eyes, when you put on this new new body, you will be directly ushered into paradise to live with him forever and ever. This is the message by the angels. How about him telling us? How about him telling us? And I think you know it. Open with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Chapter 14. Here we go. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. Christians, smile here. This is a happy hour now. My Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He is coming back. He is coming back. It's not everlasting life only. It's everlasting life with him. And living with him. And enjoying him. And this is the message from the empty tomb this morning. The message. Your salvation. You don't have to walk uh, many miles to get saved. You don't have to clean your act to get saved. God will clean it for you. If you tell him, Jesus Christ, I come to you, save me. And then you will face death. Not with fear. With joy that you're going to be reunited with your Savior And then if you live, you will be waiting for his coming back. He is coming back. Regardless what the pundits say, regardless what they write, Jesus Christ is coming back to take us to be with him. Amen. Happy Easter. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, and you want to spend a great Easter, give him your life. Tell him, I want to be the person I heard about. Take my life, Lord. Take my sadness. Take my uh, burdens. Take my sins. I confess it. Save me and change me. If you heard this voice within you, and if you're struggling, just let him take over. Say, no, I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm going to give my heart to you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to have happy days. I'm going to live forever and ever with you. If you pray this prayer, the Lord will change your life. Pray with me, please. Lord, we come to you thanking you for the great, wonderful resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we celebrate today. And we pray for those who are struggling, those who do not have the assurance of salvation and eternal life, those who are afraid of death, those who, are not, uh, who do not know anything about your coming again. We pray, Lord, open our hearts. Speak to them. Let them enjoy life at its fullest because you are the giver of life. 
So we pray. Help us. Not to leave the way we came. But to leave. Taking your arms and walking with you. We present this prayer in Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen.